0: Oh, Michelle. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, look, you know, just waiting for the world to end.
1: We're close. Hey, mate, you know,
0: you think two major news events in the last couple of weeks. Mm. One, the death of a queen. Yeah. Uh, the other, basically a strong man going insane and threatening to nuke the world if he doesn't well, get his way.
1: yeah, I think we're seeing the slow demise of a king. Mm, yeah,
0: I think. Look, I'm, I'm really curious about this one and I really want to talk about it. We're talking about Awesome. Yeah of
1: course in case you didn't know. Big Vlad. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know of anyone else that's been threatening nuking anybody, but yeah, you know, no, no, who just knows. Him. I haven't been paying attention. No. The ABC hasn't been paying attention. It's been Wall to Wall Queen. So I want to look at Putin and basically what he's doing and what it all means. Well,
1: let's get stuck into the great poker game that you Putin just, is playing.
0: Just open this window and get out <laughs> on the ledge. <laughs>
1: listening to I Spy, the lazy Susan of Australian intelligence.
0: Uh, you couldn't that last spring roll.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did want
0: to. I'm, I'm just going to quietly No, like, la-
1: help it.
0: I bow to your skill with the lazy Susan. She's good.
1: Hello and welcome to Ice Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. And this app we're going to tackle Putin. We decided to because, well, I don't know, I think, you know, if you're going to threat nuclear war, maybe we might want to talk about it's it. It's
0: kind of in our, in our wheelhouse. It is in our wheelhouse. It's in our Ballywick.
1: And I know we've been doing a little bit of Russia... Over the pa- past little while, but I feel like this was something we just could not ignore. I
0: don't think. I mean, we'd be making lots of jokes about flying executives. I yeah. don't think this is one we can ignore. You're absolutely right. Um, now, the interesting thing about it is, yeah, really, it's nothing new.
1: Well, uh, no, but we I feel we are seeing the cogs of the madman machine slowly turning to and grinding to a halt.
0: It's really beginning to seize up. That, yep. it, that engine needs a bit of oil yep. and, matt he's not getting any lubricant. No. Right, now the, the, That's the, because he
1: got rid of all his oil oligarchs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bingo! Yep. Oh, nice. I'll just tick that. That was a really yeah. good, that was Thanks. a nice little Thanks. line. Uh, now, the whole thing is, just to reiterate, he's done a call-up, 300,000 yeah. reservists.
1: Yeah. Now, what was interesting, so anyone who's been in the reserve is kind of like being called up. What was interesting, and I didn't realise this, is every male between the age of 18 and 27 has to serve a year in the military. Correct. They're all reservists. They're all reservists. (laughs) um,
0: And any man between the age of 18 and 60 can get called up. Yes. Now, this is the really interesting thing. There was one guy, it's popped up. I mean, and these stories are popping up a lot on social Mm. media. But one story came up about this IT guy who's 25 years old, hasn't done his year's service, and he's been called up anyway. It's like it's cannon fodder time.
1: Yeah, and I think anyone who tries to not serve if they've been called up can face up to 10 years in prison.
0: Well, that's the big thing. He's just changed the law. That law came into effect before he made his big claim that this is it.
1: And what he did was when he said who had to serve, he was quite broad about it, Mm -hmm. but he said not everyone is going to have to if Mm -hmm. you've served, but I think he's left it quite broad so in case once they're they're. Gone, he's going to call up others. But what we have seen as well is we've seen a rush for the border.
0: Oh man, have you seen? Oh, look, there's <laughs> photos, just photos of yep. queues and queues of men, and it's like, here we are at the recruiting yeah. center. No, this is Moscow airport. Yeah. They are, and I think it's what is it? It's like a 35 hour wait to get across the border into. It's insane. Into places like Georgia and Latvia, all of these countries, or Lithuania, all of the countries that still have open borders yeah. with Russia, they're still like, they're just queuing to get the hell out of there.
1: Yeah. So we're talking about conscription, which is something that, you know, we haven't seen since World War II. World War II was the last right? time I had a call up
0: and like this. And
1: I don't think it's going to do him any favors. I think he's kind of losing the popularity war in some respects.
0: Now, the interesting thing, and I've had a really good think about this one, and you know, I, I have been reading because, gosh, I've got nothing else to do in my life no I actually I did a live show just the other day. Okay. And actually took lie spied it out and did 10 minutes of it live. It was a lot of fun. But anyway, essentially it's he's trying to slow everything down. He's yep. trying to freeze everything in place. Yep. Now, the big thing that he's done is and it's the the referendum he's also said they're going and the referendum starts on Friday the 24th, I yes. think it is. Yes.
1: So the referendum is to annex parts of to Ukraine to annex
0: Donetsk, Luhansk, Kherson and yep. Zaporizhzhia.
1: So four regions. Right. And the whole reason of this, look, it's it's it, Won't mean anything to NATO or any other country because we won't recognise it. But what it does mean for him, once that becomes part of Russia, then any attack on those regions is Is an an attack attack on Russia,
0: Russia and he can then go crazy with the nukes. Yeah. Now that's the interesting thing. It's all the only reason he's doing it is to legitimise his claim to the area and then create the trigger that he needs. One hundred percent. Now it's exactly the same thing he did with Crimea. They. Annex Crimea, Uh, the entire world went, whoa, 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 whoa. you don't own that. And then he went, oh, well, I'll check that. Here's a referendum. And then 30 seconds later, 99% of the people in Crimea want to be a part of Russia. (laughs) It's ours. And interestingly enough, America – being the people that they are, and it was that was under Obama. Obama went, there's really not a lot I can do about this. Yeah. And that is the problem. There is very little NATO can do. So what the US are doing, uh, doing what they've been doing since the start of this thing, they're just pumping weapons in there.
1: Yes, and I think that that's going to continue, and, and that is basically how Ukraine has uh, maintained the upper hand from help with the West. Yeah,
0: a lot of help from the West. Now, the other interesting thing is one of the things that Putin was saying was how America is arming... The Ukraine to attack Russia. Now, interestingly enough, this comes from a point Zelensky has been approaching the US saying, Can we please get some mm. medium range missiles off you? Yeah. Right? Something that can throw, we can throw about 580 to 800 kilometers away and we'll use that. And the problem with that is, as soon as you start throwing that stuff around, you are hitting Russian soil. So the Americans have gone. No, we're not gonna do that. We'll keep sending you howitzers, we'll keep sending you tanks, yeah. we'll send you all this you know, we'll send you all the stuff you need, we'll keep sending you those great rocket platforms that you're using, but we're not gonna send you missiles. But Putin has said, Well, America want to give them missiles. When it's like, Well actually no, they don't. Yes. Right? So the interesting thing about that is the US is actually playing a really, really cagey game.
1: I think, he, I think Biden is doing quite well yeah. in, in regards to the way he's playing this game. And I think the big question is, you know, Putin is making these threats about returning in kind in terms of like mm-hmm. a nuclear threat and whether he would. Now, Putin has an incredible nuclear arsenal.
0: Biggest in the world,
1: yeah. Would he use it? Well, that people are on the fence with that. They just they know that he's definitely bluffing. I mean, everyone has basically said that Putin is playing a game of poker mm. and he's going all in.
0: Yeah, right. Well, oh, definitely, he's totally all in now. One of the interesting things that I uh, I did read, and it was a really interesting point. Someone said he can actually use a nuke uh, with impunity. He can drop one, like if he was to set off a say. Tactical nuke, so a small one, nothing big, just a little one, right? On Snake Island. Remember that little island with the guys that went, hey, uh, Russian, forget fuck you? Yeah. Right? If he dropped, because it's empty now, there's no one there. Mm. If he just dropped one little tactical nuke on there and went, set it off and went, don't make me do it again. It's it's a way of him actually using a weapon without using a weapon. The problem being, we have a ban on using these things, yeah. right? Uh, so you're just- going
1: to you're going to start angering NATO. basically.
0: Well, not only angering NATO, you're going to start ticking off Turkey, but I mean, anyone around the Black Sea is going to go. What?
1: Yeah, and and also, um, there's a lot of chat around China and you know India who are, were kind of behind him, mm. and if he goes nuclear, these new threats are kind of it's making them step al- away. Well,
0: that's the really interesting point because back on the fifteenth of September, uh, Xi and Putin yep. had a little meeting in uh, Uzbekistan. Yep, very big table, but round. Right, very nice. Right, so cool. <laughs> Did it
1: have a lazy Susan in the middle and now we're just passing dim sum?
0: Yeah, there was just a bowl of soy sauce going around there. Yeah. <laughs> Just send me the spring rolls.
1: Like big round tables just yes. remind me of dim salmon. Exactly. Well, yeah,
0: you know, the whole lazy Susan thing is the best thing in the world.
1: Also, why is Susan so lazy? I don't get it. Why?
0: Because she was the one who just went, put a turntable. I'm not walking. Yeah, I'm not reaching. <laughs> right. So, anyway, um, they had this big meeting where Ukraine was barely mentioned, but no one really knows what went on on the sidelines. That's yeah. always the interesting point. Mm. Now, funnily enough, just days after this big meeting with China, where China said, and I love this, our friendship knows no limits.
1: Mm. Well, apparently there are limits. Well, interestingly <laughs> enough,
0: the other thing is, in the you know, in the traditional relationship between China and Russia, China has always been the, the passenger. Right? Yeah. They've always been the one kowtowing to Russia. That ain't happening anymore. No. Russia is now the subsidiary partner, not the lead partner in this relationship. Now, interestingly enough, as you said, they are beginning to distance themselves from the Ukraine. Mm. But what was the first thing they said? We'd like to call for a peaceful Diplomatic resolution I'm to sure. be brokered by a third party.
1: Are they the? they the third no. party? Oh. I th- are you putting your hands up, China? Yeah, China, you want to take care of this?
0: <laughs> uh, because who was the traditional country that would broker those quarter peace deals? Normally, it was something like – it was generally the US, yes. right, because they were the big stick carriers. They yeah. were the guys that could go, all right, everyone down on the table. I don't care how big we're Well, or now China is. is
1: kind of the big stick carrier.
0: China is – well, it's still not as big as America, but America has its problems, right? It's, yeah. it's going through its own internal problems and it's going through its own relationship problems with the Ukraine yeah. and the whole NATO thing. So China is actually in a in the box seat to go, Hey guys, we'd like to help. Right? <laughs> we'd like seriously, just sit down. Here's the lazy Susan, have a dumb sim. Yeah. Or a dim sum. Or whatever kind of <laughs> sim sum dum or dumpling you want. Here we go. I like a pan fried. Guys, chill. Yeah, but this and the, the whole thing is—it's again—it's another little step the chess game for Xi yeah. to just get that a little and, bit higher on the pecking and
1: order. And look, I wouldn't be surprised if he's been planning this all along. We all know that the Chinese <laughs> play the long game, and then this is part of that long game. Yeah, of course. Now, getting back to the nukes, another point that someone made, which I found very interesting, as to why he might not use them, oh. is because. A, the Ukrainians have been not fighting in en masse. They've been quite separate and small. Oh, yeah. And there's no way that he could use them without damaging his own forces because they're quite close together.
0: Yeah. Now, it, again, it's a very tactical – Like if they was going to – the tactics that the Ukrainians are using are exceptionally they're doing,
1: Well, now, you know why? And the, Sorry, and they also said this as well, which is why the Ukrainians are going to do so well, because the 300,000 men – he wants to send are not passionate about this war no. whereas the ukrainians are fighting passionately yep. but they also have the home turf advantage
0: yeah now that's that's a really big point you know i'm going to call up 300,000 people hang on a minute you had have- you had 200,000 people yep. against a much smaller army and you're yep. losing. Yep. The morale in the Russian forces is absolutely rock bottom. Yep. And if you've got to now create a law that says if you don't do what we tell you, we're going to put you in a gulag for 10 years, that ain't going to do anything to help morale. No. Right? So he's already hiding to nothing. People are running. Interestingly enough, there's now footage coming out of the most – remote regions in Russia where they're dragging and they look like they're all like my age and old men do not make good soldiers we just don't. One, we're not fit two, we don't care that You can
1: much. barely use Facebook, let alone machinery. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, a Kalashnikov is a fairly simple machine. It's a lot sim- more simple than an iPad. Um, yeah, You hold it up and you take photos with it. Yeah. Um, that photo, the flash is terrible. But the whole thing is, a lot of people are also saying that Putin's using this as an opportunity to do a little bit of ethnic cleansing in some of the right. little more remote provinces of the Russian Empire. Mm. He's able to go, well, let's get rid of them. I don't like them. Let's get rid of them. Now, whether that's true or false is really regardless. I mean, the interesting thing is, again, if you protest and get arrested, next stop, front line.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And it really feels like that sort of, uh, what is it, enemy at the gates kind of thing, you know, the Jude yeah. Law film. You know, you get the rifle, you get the bullets. If one of you gets shot, you got both. Congratulations. Keep moving <laughs> forward or we'll shoot you from behind. Yeah. So there is this – it's – Really, really not a good situation for Putin.
1: No, and people are asking why is he continuing to do this? Well, because they're not doing so well. And if they were to lose this war, then Putin knows that would be the end of him. He know he knows his game, he invented the rules, and he knows that he would be taken out.
0: He has a personal obsession with the Ukraine as well. He, personal
1: he, obsession. The
0: whole thing is, you know, Ukraine is the seat of the Rus, which mm. is the seed race of the Russians of course, the Rus', mm. right? That's We actually owned it. It's traditionally ours. Well, technically, if you want to go that way, you're all Mongols because the Mongols had it before the Rus' had it, or at least they took it off them, so whatever. It's like, guys, yep. you know, get beyond this 1,000 or 2,000-year-old obsession. The other thing is he is losing face hand over fist at the moment.
1: He looks desperate. Yeah,
0: he looks very desperate. And the dissent, not only is there dissent, there are open protests on the street. Right yeah. Now, that in Russia, that's big, right? So there's open protests on the street. And, you know, some people – again, when you go onto social media, there are photos of mass protests and there are photos of three guys and a dog, right? Whether or not – you know, whichever – I reckon it probably sits somewhere in between. But the bottom line is he has got not only dissent in the street – the number of executives and oligarchs that have been flying out of windows is a really good indication that he's got dissent from inside the house as well.
1: Yes, and didn't he recently receive a piece of paper from some of his own allies kind of demanding that he step down?
0: Yeah, right. So he knows he's on a hiding for nothing, and the problem with that as well is what happens to him when he gets kicked out? When you're a despot... There's really not much of a retirement plan. No. You've got to die in the job. I mean, that was the thing about Stalin. One of the worst despots on the face of the planet, he killed something like 60 million people Fuck. in the end. Yeah, That's insane. a lot of people.
1: Oh, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, <laughs> we talk about Hitler and we the Holocaust, and, yep, that was bad. Yeah. But you know what? Stalin killed – the numbers are somewhere around you – know, anywhere from 40 to 60 million people were killed. And then,
1: and then we have Pol Pot.
0: Yep. That was great. Pol Killing
1: Pol f- fields. Now.
0: The thing is, Stalin died in his bed.
1: Died in the job. And if you have, and
0: I've said it before, if you you really want to see a great film about that, it's hilarious. The death of Stalin is one of the funniest films you'll ever see.
1: Is it meant to be funny? It
0: is meant. Well, it's okay. got Steve Buscemi in it. Of course, it's funny. Okay. Right. It's a brilliantly funny film, like a lovely satirical look at the death of a yep. of a despot and another despot. Yeah. You know, who's going to be the next despot in yep. line? But the the problem is, you know, the wages of sin are death. For, for a desperate – if you lose power, you lose everything. I mean, the Marcos now, it's an interesting thing when you look at the Philippines, Ferdinand Marcos's son is now the president of the Philippines. It's like, hang, hang on, this is yeah. a guy who is the son of an inherently corrupt regime oh, who's yeah. now taken over again. So the fact that this is – I mean, people's memories are short, bottom line. All I remember is shoes. Yep, yeah, shoes. From the Marcos. So <laughs> – The personal obsession of recreating the Russian Empire and also, you know, saying we're denazifying Ukraine when the president's Jewish. It's like... For God's sake. And then, of course, you know, there's genocide going on in the uh, the Oblux, uh regions, the eastern regions of the Ukraine, when uh, they pulled out – when, what is it, the Russians pulled out of those towns near Kiev, mm. or Kiev, I should say, when they pulled out of there and they found mass graves. And it's like, well, you know, this whole genocide thing, it's that – it's almost Davo, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. there There is no doubt that there is a lot of – a lot of stuff going on that he could be basically charged with. Oh. A lot of war crimes. Well,
0: that's actually come up now. Uh, what is it? The Ukraine have applied to the uh, international court to say in The Hague to say, can we please do something about this? Interestingly enough, the Russians tried to put an asset in the international court. What is it? Lavrov, the foreign minister, walked out of the Security Council meeting a few days ago. Huge meeting about this. He made a statement saying, we're protecting ourselves from this aggression from the Ukraine. Yeah, twitch. the Ukraine went, what the hell? And then when the English foreign minister got up to speak, uh, Lavrov got up and walked out. And actually the British foreign minister actually said, ladies and gentlemen, he's walking out. He doesn't care. Yeah. Now, there's a reason for that. The UN Security Council have permanent members. Russia is one of those permanent members. If you're a permanent member of the UN Security Council, you veto whatever you want. Right. So there is nothing the UN can technically do to stop this.
1: Which is... Insane. Yeah, you right. would you would think there would be some kind of clause in there.
0: Well, you yeah, it's like you know when you actually break the UN Charter and invade your neighbour, uh, you lose your veto power. But it doesn't work like that. And it was because the Big Five. So yeah, uh, what was it? I think the ones that have the veto is the US, England, France. Russia, China would probably have it. There's three more. I can't remember who it is. Sorry, I haven't been paying attention. (laughs) But this is the thing. We've got a a global sort of governance system, for want of a better word, or at least a a negotiating system in the UN that is virtually powerless.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And now with Putin forcing more people into the battlefield, he doesn't really have a clear exit strategy. No. So the most likely scenario is this war is going to go through winter. Which, well,
0: that's the other thing. He's now calling for a war in winter, and the Ukraine, that little eastern section right up to the mm. dense river or whatever it is in the middle of the Ukraine, that's a really hard place to be fighting a war.
1: 100%. And now, and like what we're going to see, I think, is some continued battlefield losses for mm-hmm. Russia. Now, what some are saying is this could prompt the removal of Putin by his generals.
0: Well, that's the interesting thing. At the moment, word is coming out of Russia that. The generals actually have no control over the military. Putin's literally commanding the generals in the field from the Kremlin himself, mm. right? So he's actually running this war while the generals that should be running it are marginalised. That, again, is another thing. Now, if you lose the military when you're in Russia, you're going to lose Russia. That's just the bottom line. 100%. He may have he's, – he's lost the faith of the FSB. He was yep. arresting half of those. The army are no longer ha- happy. He's in major trouble, Absolutely, and the fact that he's lost—he's lost the economic base in the the oligarchs. He's losing the military base in the army, and now he's losing the intelligence, or he's lost the intelligence base in the FSB. He don't have a lot of friends left.
1: No, and when you've got a war that is increasingly being fought by volunteers, it's not going to end well.
0: Well, even worse when it's fought by conscripts that don't want to be there. Yes, I mean not
1: even volunteers. (laughs) Yeah, not even volunteers
0: anymore. You're now being forced to go and fight in a war where most people actually like most russian soldiers since the start of it are going what are we doing here
1: so i think these sham referendums that they they're talking about with the annexation of four regions of the ukraine mm. are definitely going to go ahead and i think this is where it's going to get a little bit murky in t- from a worldwide perspective
0: i'm going to be i'm going to go out on a limb here and say those those referendums have already been done oh, and 100%. the votes have already been counted. <laughs> yeah, right? for sure. Because you know what? Sure. When you're in an area that's being shelled from both sides, yep. are you going to queue up to vote? Probably not. And I do, I would you know, honestly believe that I mean, the Crimean one is a great example. It's like yeah. we're annexing Crimea and we're sending troops in. Uh, excuse me, you don't own Crimea? We'll check with Crimea about that. And then they put a gun to Crimea's head and go, who are you going to vote for? Or, well, the guy holding the gun to yeah. my head is going to get my vote because I want to eat my lunch and not die. Yeah. right. And that is exactly the same thing that's going on in eastern Ukraine. He's basically turned around and gone, We're going to have a vote, and if you don't vote for me, I am going to nuke you because I own you. So,
1: look, I think, of course, that's going to go ahead, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's done and dusted already.
1: Uh, I feel like Putin's days are numbered. Oh, God, yeah. So, my question is, if he's out, who's in?
0: China. Honest (laughs) to God, I really believe that this – if this is a a strategy of China's, it's – absolutely brilliant, because they have done everything. Like
1: as in China would take over Russia? Well,
0: they won't take it over per se, but I reckon you'll find a person who's very, very friendly to China taking over the Politburo, taking over the Duma, taking over the presidency of Russia, simply because China have set it up that Russia is now a dependent state of China, right? They're buying the gas, they're buying the oil. They need that money, right? And until this is resolved, Europe ain't going to touch it. Right, and Europe's got its own problems. It's going to have to work out its energy crisis. We have energy crises running around all over the freaking planet. Wow, we're running out of energy. Go figure.
1: I mean, and it's strange because it's not like we produce any energy here. Yeah. I just don't understand it. We
0: do. Well, a lot of hot air coming out of this room. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, the, uh, the bottom line is I truly believe that – God damn, he's a smart bugger. G has seen the opportunity yeah. here and has played this like a fiddle. He really has. It's like the whole thing of, well, we support Russia's rights and that's fine. And as soon as, and I reckon at that September 15 meeting, he turned around and said, yeah, you know what? I think you are being hard done by, mate. I think it's shocking. Yeah, I think you should stamp your feet and have a bit of a go. And then we went 300,000 troops and nukes if you don't like it. And G went, beautiful, fine. Yeah. Hey, 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 guys, chill it out. Everyone sit back. Here's the soy. So try the chickens' feet. <laughs> so, so is
1: this your guess as to what? This where is we've been my before? this
0: is my take. I've yeah. I, I think look I Xi and China will never let an opportunity go by. And don't forget, these guys play a long, 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 long game. Yeah. So they have sat there and watched all of these little pieces falling around. And I, while we're all going, oh, my God, Taiwan, 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 China's on the other side of the going, country going, Russia.
1: Eh, what can we get off Russia today? <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Now, interestingly enough, somebody brought up a, an interesting parallel. One of those, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. Right. So the Battle of Mukden. Right? right. Now, the Battle of Mukden was during the Japanese-Russian War. Right. Yep. So back in nineteen ten ten uh 19 you know, sort of before the first world war and it's regarded as the benchmark for every war like the world war 1 the way world war 1 ran was directly paralleled from the battle of Mukden which was okay. this horrible battle with like hundreds of thousands of men the russians lost it terribly to the the Japanese, to a smaller Japanese force. Right. They lost it and then had to hot tail it out of China and back to Russia on the Trans-Siberian Railway. It was an absolute disaster. And essentially people said that that's what led to – the first revolution in Russia. So you had the 1915 revolution and then finally the 1917 revolution with Then Bol- it was the Czechists, I think, took the first time and then it was the Bolsheviks mm. the second time, right? And that led to the collapse of the Russian Empire and the Soviet Union. Now, a lot of people are saying that Ukraine is the same thing, right? Uh, essentially... Putin is a neo czar. He's a new form of czar, mm. and basically, he screwed it up by going into this battle he didn't need to go into. Right, right. And there could be a huge revolution that goes through Russia. One of the things I, when people say, "Well, there's here's the historical precedent," yeah, but you know what? Different times, different folks, different shapes, different strokes. Right. Yeah. The whole thing is, he has utterly weakened himself. If he had just gone, you know what, Ukraine. We're unhappy with you. Yeah. Because he kept saying, you know, NATO were trying to force you in. Where Ukraine turned around to NATO and went, can we join NATO? And NATO went, no way. Mm. There is no way we're going to have a NATO nation butting hard up against Russia. It's too dangerous. Yeah, Guys, we'll look up. We'll take care of you and we'll be your friend, but we're not going to let you join our club. Like, sure, you can sit in the, um, the visitor's bar, but you're not allowed in the members' room. And I think that's the point is Putin used that as an excuse. Yeah. And the funny thing is in doing that – Finland want to join NATO and have a, are currently going through the application. Finland, which has a border with Russia, all right, and NATO's gone cool. We'll do that. Sweden's a, Sweden is joining. All of these countries that wouldn't have joined as soon as Putin invaded the Ukraine. Yep, everyone in Europe went. Oh God, let's just join NATO and get it over with. Yeah, and this is the major problem. Is it's like people we're trying to draw historical parallels. The bottom line is Putin has. Fucked it up massively and they really, I can't see a way of getting back because if he drops a nuke, that ain't going to make everyone go, oh, cool, sorry, right? That's like somebody saying, I own your backyard. And you go, no, you don't. So they, you know, blow a car up in the back of it and go, yeah, I do. It's like, no, you don't.
1: I also think he was quite unprepared for Ukrainian forces as well as Zelensky to say, fuck you.
0: We'll take Ukraine it, we'll take Kyiv in three days. That yeah. was the, the strategy.
1: And we're seven months in.
0: We're seven months in and they're and he's losing. Bottom <laughs> <laughs> line, right? That's the whole thing. Is yeah. like when you really look at it, it's like, you've got this wrong. Yeah. You called it wrong. You didn't one, you had quite literally a clown as president. Yeah. Right. God damn, don't mess with comedians because we don't back down. I know.
1: You guys are. You guys can be funny well, think, and you can also be not very funny. Well,
0: don't forget about it. We, you're dealing with the personality of somebody who will stand in front of a room of complete strangers and go, yeah. shut up because whatever I'm about to say now is funnier than anything you can think of. Right. That takes a lot of balls. Yep. So when you actually throw down, and I remember I've, I've had, like as I said, I married a heckler. It was the only way to shut her up, and it mm-hmm. didn't work. Right.
1: <laughs> She's, she just heckles your whole life, doesn't she? Does. She does. Why, why are you dressed like that? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah.
0: Who cut your foreskin? The council? Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs>
1: Oh, my God, I didn't need that vision. Yay! Can we just go back to Putin?
0: Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Putin. Um, so, the bottom Putin line-
1: it in, am I right? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a red light in our bedroom. You've had your uh, 10 minutes, get off.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, stop. All
0: right. So, back to Putin. It's knife-edge right now. We're really knife-edge. Yep. But I, I honestly think I, I can't see him- dropping a nuke, he's made this threat before and he's never followed through. Yep. Chemical, biological, he goes down that route. It's really, really bad. And right, the, the bottom line with all of these weapons of mass destruction, chemical, biological, nukes, it's all it, – it's at the whim of the wind. Mm. Right? if you get a bad wind, I mean, if he decides, I'm just going to you know drop a bunch of sarin gas on east Ukraine and screw them and the wind blows to the east, that's Russia that gets But the, the I fallout. look
1: I think I don't know if you'll get that far
0: I don't think he's a rational actor
1: no of course he's not rational but I also think that there's a lot of people around him who are noticing his irrational yeah. thought also I think there's a lot of people around him who recognise that he's on a path hell bent for destruction and not just his own destruction but the destruction of Russia
0: well that's b- bottom line is if I can't have it no one can I'll Correct. break it. I'll throw it out of the crib and smash it right? yeah. and this is the real problem we've got is he's not a rational actor he's not a reasonable actor and he's beware a caged animal
1: I know but yeah. I, think, I think we're going to to see some really interesting stuff come out over the next little while, and I think it could even be, like, world-changing history. It's like this is – we're on the precipice of some major history changing right
0: May you live in interesting times, as your fortune cookie can say, as it comes around on your Lazy Susan. (laughs) 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 Does does it always have to be interesting? I wouldn't mind a bit of dull time so I can just, like, chill out.
1: No, it has to be interesting.
0: Otherwise, we've got nothing. We've got nothing to talk nothing to about. about. Good point.